Hello, everybody, and welcome to Stargrave Mad, a Game of Thrones podcast. I'm the host, Mike Marbeck, and I am joined today via satellite... Oh, yeah. David Danella. <laughs> you said you said I'm joined today via satellite, and I thought you were there was going to be like a bye coming there. Uh, and also new to the podcast, uh, Marcelie Jean Pierre. Hello, Marcelie. the one and only. Yes, uh, like, like how, for real. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm very excited to have been invited to join the podcast because I'm a big fan of the show. Great. Yes. Thanks. Thank you for uh, for listening. Uh, I'm going to uh, make a bold statement. Okay. I wasn't prepared for this. You weren't prepared for this because yeah. I only just realized it as we were talking. This is uh, this is the first time since Corinne Wells was on the show <laughs> that, that, two, that two black people were on SRM. And I would venture to say that this is probably the first time in any Game of Thrones podcast. Oh, no, that's not true, actually. Because uh, shout out to uh, Rodimus Prime, who does the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. Okay, uh, they do a Game of Thrones episode every week. I was go- I was about to say, I was going to say this is probably the, probably one of the few times that you will hear uh, a podcast where a majority of the people talking about Game of Thrones are African American. Oh, I base yeah. that on no data. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, that's pretty legit. I'd put my yeah. money on it. Yeah, I. I knew where that was going when when you were talking, David. Uh, and I just want to point out that um, I pull a lot of my guests from the world of improv, um, and uh, is what I'm. Well, we have Mike's excuse. Uh, I would love to hear the ringer's excuse next, uh, <laughs> and every other podcast. No, no, no. I mean, I don't know if this is on the air. If we're still on the air, but. Um, no, I, I didn't. I didn't bring this up to criticize you. It's a celebration. I brought it up because moment. it's a special moment. <laughs> yeah, I have. I have many people that I podcast with, David, uh, and um, they're all special. <laughs> I have, yeah, lots of good friends. Yeah, some of my best friends are podcasters. <laughs> I date a podcaster. <laughs> I took a podcaster to prom. Okay. <laughs> Ah, uh, Jesus. My uh, nephew is half podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I would like to take a moment. Uh, just let people know what you're what you're looking at. Uh, we're going to do some reviews. We're going to talk about uh, some things that people are saying about us, which is um, pretty great because those people get entered to win a, a Game of Thrones prize, which we are going to announce mm. on the 28th, which is, well, we'll announce it on our podcast. So make sure you review by the 28th. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, our 100th episode, which is uh, pretty great uh, for yeah. us, um, and hopefully for some of you. Uh, Marsley's going to get a chance to give his overall thoughts, um, and we we have to hear David's opinion on episode <laughs> two. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to do some mini locks for the uh, the big battle of Winterfell to come. Uh, so, to those reviews that we got, I'll go through these real quick. We got a T Hannigan. Uh, great companion to the show, as much of a part of Game of Thrones as watching the show. Thank you so much, T. Hannigan. Uh, Tia Seattle, uh, who says, hey, Auntie. Uh, awesome hosts, fun and engaging conversation. Thank you, Tia. Uh, Jim Jim, uh, 1118, best Thrones pot out there if you can get past minor faults. Uh, <laughs> in, in the same episode can make me laugh, wonder, and feel smart. Uh, wonderful. <laughs> 
I like that we can make him feel smart, yeah, which yeah. I take to mean we must say something that's so dumb that he goes, God, these God, I guess I am smart compared to the average person. Uh, there is uh, there was an LOL that followed that in the, oh, okay. uh, in the review. Um, but I think that's more for our benefit than um, uh, anything else. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Move your heed. Uh, move your heed. Uh, long-time listener, so much better than the other Thrones pod, specifically shouts out Whitney as being super fun. Mm. Uh, Whitney yeah. Rumble. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that person also reviewed, uh, our other podcast, uh, and even said that they were a long-time listener, uh, a couple weeks ago of this podcast. I'm glad they got around to saying so. Uh, we got one from John from Oak Ridge, uh, says light yet informative, funny roundtable dynamic. How about that? Uh, we have Giovanni Ruff brought up on the last one because that person was our shirt winner. Uh, they didn't know this, but when they left the review, they were the 100th review. Oh, uh, so we're giving that person a shirt once they email us and let us know where to send it. Um, it actually yes. doesn't even have to be a shirt, but let us know. Uh, and we did get one more review from Al Shalant, uh, who said, Ew. And that's pretty much, uh, pretty much it. Uh, this person did not like something that somebody did on one of the podcasts. Or uh, maybe it was a ooh, like, like, ooh, that's sick. Like, No, like, they were pretty descriptive you know. in their okay. disgust. Um, <laughs> so that's a shame. But you were also... Wait, 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 wait. Actually, I, I want to bring this up. Is this the person who, uh, who wrote the review saying that we made... Somebody made some kind of guttural noise? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh. I, I need to address this because if that person is, is listening... We are so curious yeah. who it is. And in fact, I'd like to put some money on it. <laughs> uh, I, my, my rankings right now are number one is that it was Rob mm-hmm. who made the, the noise that offended this person. <laughs> uh, my number two ranking is myself. And my number three ma- ranking is Mike because uh, I, this isn't quite guttural, but I was listening back. And sometimes when Mike laughs, it's like very um, guttural. <laughs> not guttural no 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 it's it's just it's but it's like um it, it feels like a body sound in some way it's almost like asmr mm. um so so anyway uh if you left that review i'm sure <laughs> based on the score i'm sure you still don't listen to this podcast <laughs> yeah. but on the off chance that Maybe you do hate, hate listen <laughs> um we, I, we are genuinely interested we're not gonna razz you we don't want like we don't like we don't care, no. um, but we we do care very deeply about finding out what that noise was because it is a mystery that has been gnawing at my stomach yeah. for two weeks now. Yeah, uh, we are all involved in the arts. We are used to getting criticism, so when we bring these up, we're not uh, we're not criticizing the criticizers. Um, we yeah. genuinely just don't care. Uh, <laughs> either way it out there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah still enter to win a shirt so if you are listening uh, let us know those two things one where to send send this uh, send this prize and also who made you go ooh <laughs> um, so there's that uh, alright uh, so if you like the podcast go to iTunes rate and review us uh, and subscribe too because um, right now there's like they're always changing iTunes rules about where and when we show up on different screens, so sub- subscribe to the podcast so you don't have to worry about that. And once we drop these episodes, they drop right into your app of choice. All right. Uh, Marsley is new to the podcast. Yeah, I'm a here. baby. Yeah, you're a baby. Uh, and I wanted to give you an opportunity to just uh, talk about uh, what it is about Game of Thrones. What, 
let me just ask some questions then. Sure, what is it about sure. Game of Thrones that you like? Uh, I, for me, Game of Thrones is, and I feel confident saying this, I'll say that it's uh, one of the top three, maybe two shows of all time in, wow. in terms of storytelling and in terms of uh, action and, and visuals. I feel like it's a it's pretty much like a movie every week, mm-hmm. uh, which is which you can't really say about mm-hmm. a lot of TV shows. And I think it's practically a perfect show, with, you know, aside from the fact that there's not enough black people in it. So <laughs> yeah. bring that up. But, yeah. 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 I think uh, or people of color in general. But um, but yeah, I think the storytelling and uh, just the the entire thread of the game that was presented in the first season and all of the shocks and all of the cliffhangers, mm-hmm. I just feel like they're very, very tactful in, in the writing and very creative. So uh, I, I, the first time I watched it, I, I think I was, it was during this, in the middle of the first season, and I binge watched the first, I think, five episodes, and I, I couldn't stop, and that was, that was it for me. So uh, I haven't missed an episode since. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I have a follow-up question, yeah. uh, because you saying it's one of the top three, maybe two, makes me curious what these other two are. Uh, and what these other two shows are could very well impact how much your opinion means <laughs> in, in general. Yeah. Uh, uh, what are these other? What are these other two? So uh, for sure, The Wire is one of my favorite uh, okay. shows. Already, um, yeah, we're good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and and it's it's interesting because The Wire is is so good because it's so grounded in reality and it feels real. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Game of Thrones is kind of like you know on the opposite end of the spectrum because it's so like uh, taps into the fantasy and mm-hmm. uh, and the imaginative aspects of uh, storytelling. So. And then um, I don't know what I would say the the three the third one is because <laughs> okay. I yeah but I I'm pretty confident in saying that those are my two favorite shows. Okay, yeah. uh, David, since Marceli is new to the podcast, uh, would you mm-hmm. care to uh, wada the witness? Oh, uh, yeah, I I would like to ask uh, just a couple questions. Um, I would I, my, so my first question is. Um, what is a what is you know there are all these big moments red wedding that kind of stuff but what is a tiny moment in game of thrones that stuck out to you hmm a tiny moment uh so so many of the moments are huge or 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 at least (laughs) medium uh so you know those are obviously the ones that pop up into my mind um but I, I guess because it's fresh in my mind from from the last episode, uh, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed B- Brienne's uh, response or her 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 nonverbal response to Tormund's drinking of mm-hmm. uh, of giant milk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just appreciate the the subtlety and I I appreciate the the amount of humor that they've incorporated into this season and, and even into last. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I felt like it's well done, and it's not too heavy handed. But um, you know, as a as a artist and an improviser and comedian, if you want to call me that, I I can appreciate the the tactful uses of of comedy in in such a dramatic yeah you know show. Sure. Nice. Did and I then uh, my second question <laughs> is oh. <laughs> No, go ahead. My second question is, uh, who is, uh, if you could resurrect one character and, uh, and put them back into this last season, and it doesn't have to be for any other reason than you just want to see them more. Mm. Um, but you can also, you can also make a case for why they would be super helpful right now. Who would that character be? 
Hmm. Uh, that's a good question. I guess if uh, I, I I was a big fan of Ned Stark, uh, as mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of us were, and I guess that's a part of the story to get us drawn in. Um, and I think that he could provide a lot of wisdom to uh, to provide uh, to his children and his you know nephew uh, and mm-hmm. the the a lot of the people who make uh, stupid decisions in the show probably could be uh, and and not to say that Ned hasn't made. Uh, questionable decisions himself mm. but i think uh he could be he, he could be a voice of reason for uh, a number of the people who he affected uh when he was alive uh in a moment like this yeah you know it's funny as i was asking that question i i had all these different things running through my mind and it's like oh uh, you know there's only one answer and it really is ned stark to yeah. me uh, because I, I don't know if there's any character that looms heavier over this show. Yeah, right. Um, and so obviously would affect, would have affected everything that happened. Yeah. Um, other than Ned Stark. Mm-hmm. I mean, the entire show in its own way, from a political standpoint, like, you know, if you think about, uh, you know, the structure of a story, the real inciting incident of this entire show was Ned Stark being killed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know technically it was Ned Stark being asked to come down to King's Landing and stuff like that, but what, like the result of Ned Stark being killed and the amount of both the information that was lost in him dying and the, uh, and the ripple effect of him dying. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the combination of those two things is just so profound that I don't know if any other character's death is as felt even eight seasons later as his. Yeah, not not I don't I don't even think it's close. Come yeah. to think of it, I've been trying to run through every character in my head, as, and I'm I'm at about a uh, hundred and eighty-two right now in my mind. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I don't think anybody's come close to to Ned Stark so far. I'll yeah. let you know if if that changes. Um, cool. So that was all I had to ask for. Okay. Uh, so now back on you, David. What did you think of episode two, uh, A Night of Seven Kingdoms? Uh, so uh, Mike knows this, but I'm just pulling it up so that I can uh, so that I can uh, just get the words exactly. On Sunday, after watching the episode, uh, I sent Mike the following text. Oh, for two so far. It gives me no pleasure to say this, but that episode stunk. I they go on to say, I don't even like battle episodes, but at this point I'm like, let's just get to the fight. And so anyway, I sent that right after the episode. Yeah. And then I walked around a little bit and <laughs> thought about the episode and I've softened my stance considerably. Okay. Um, I was annoyed when I watched it because it was, uh, an episode, and somebody else said this also, it's an episode that reminded me of, like, if you've ever played a game by Bioware, there's always, like, this point in those games where, like, right before, like, the final boss, where somebody from, like, your team is like, hey, we should all just have a beer together. <laughs> and then you can, like, go talk to every, like, member of your team and, like, have, like, a final moment with them. Uh, and then you, and then the game ends, like, after you finish that, you go fight the boss, and that's it. Um, and so it just felt very fan servicey. I was like, oh, okay, we're going to like 
we're just going to do all the things that Reddit has been asking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was, that was my gut reaction to that episode. And then I was thinking about it more <laughs> okay. and I was in a, and, I, and I had to remember something about myself, which is I'm the type of person who, when I go to a buffet and I leave it, I don't, when I go to a buffet, I eat until I'm full and then I leave and I don't leave and I'm not happy. And I'm not happy because I'm like, damn, I wonder if I could have gone to the, I should have gone to the carving station one more time. I didn't even get to try the creme brulee. I didn't, uh, there, there was, there was shrimp in, in a bowl and I didn't take enough of that. I'm just thinking about all the things, all the, how much more I want and uh, this final season of Game of Thrones has been very much like that for me, where it's like, I don't I don't want to wait anymore. I don't want to wait for anything. I just want I want the five hour finale. And then I just want to and then I want to mourn its loss. Um, I can't deal with episodes. right now. <laughs> uh, David, I would like to jump in to say mm. uh, I'm curious what, uh-huh. what friend of the podcast Shauna Stoltzfus has to say about this analogy, about this metaphor, um, uh, because uh, wasn't a fan of the Cindy Crawford, um, Cindy Crawford analogy of last week. I think this one is Look, is better. Um, they, they were both good, and uh, <laughs> I'm sure Shauna will like this one. Uh, <laughs> uh, Marcy, what did you think of episode two? I enjoyed it, yeah. uh, and Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess I'm not as much of a pessimist as David <laughs> is. <laughs> but and usually when I go to buffets, I, I make sure to to be present so that mm-hmm. I can enjoy it, yeah. and I, I'm open. <laughs> and I, I, I you son of a bitch. <laughs> and even beforehand, I, I try to like take a mental mental note of what my intentions are going in there, mm-hmm. and sometimes my expectations are 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 met, and sometimes you know. Uh, if I'm just open to whatever it is, I, I end up being satisfied nine times out of ten. So yeah. um, I enjoyed it because it, it was fan servicey, sure, but I think there's a part of it that needed to be uh, because uh, you know things are things are about to get crazy, mm-hmm. and I think it yeah. was just that that calm before the storm. And I just enjoyed seeing characters interact that haven't interacted before, and seeing characters have moments of uh, of. You know, just seeing how each character decided mm-hmm. to spend their potential last night, yeah, right? Of life. Yeah, and and I think and and I I really did soften my my stance after I walked around because you know you're walking and you're like, all right, why did I hate that episode? And you go, oh, there was a nice part where uh, you know everything with Tormund was great, and you're like, oh, there was that nice part with Davos and the little girl, yeah. And then you and you just and suddenly and so you're like ah, why well, yeah, I hate it and they're like hey actually I liked everything and you're like oh yeah like I mean one of my favorite things that can happen in any show um, is when somebody just goes oh man <laughs> I wish somebody would sing right now I'm not even kidding I just love when somebody's like it'd be great if somebody sang right now Todrick just stepped up to the plate I love that um, so I really did like the episode um, I mean I think my complaint which is like i don't even know if this counts as a complaint is this episode to me um solidified my case that episode or season the last season season seven 
could have been 10 episodes long. Yes, I um, 100% agree with that. I, I think that there was enough um, exploring, uh, uh, enough like of that final firming of relationships and exploring that, that we could have gotten a couple more episodes. Um, we, we could have gotten a couple more episodes um, where we just took our time a little bit and and I think that would have uh, I think that would have only strengthened these final episodes. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was a great episode, and and it, it reminded me of uh, something that I I used to talk about in about Game of Thrones, which was the um, <clears throat> which was how there weren't so many uh, tender moments. Right. Um, right. You like one of the rare things about Ned and uh, Catelyn Stark was that they seemed to genuinely like each other and love each other um, and how important that was in a show where there was so much brutality happening and how later on that mantle was kind of taken up in like the Grey Worm Sandy relationship mm-hmm. and that, it, you know, the Johnny Greet relationship. And how those moments of tenderness are really, really important in a show like Game of Thrones, because if it's just brutality, then you start wondering what you're even rooting for. Yeah. Um, and so this episode, I think, was a uh, was another example of uh, the power that I think the show lost a little bit in the you know, in that last season of just what happens when you really take your time and like, you know, let characters uh, be human with each other. I mean, the Jamie and Brienne relationship is a great example of that too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Uh, and for me, David, you would know this because I was replying to those texts <laughs> that you were sending me. Um, and uh, what I would say is <laughs> when I go to a buffet, <laughs> I, <laughs> recognize that it's a buffet and I don't have to take food that I don't like. I can look around, I can see things that I will eat and enjoy and I take them back to my seat and I enjoy it. And then I go back and maybe I get something else um, or some more of the same. So I I like the episode a lot. Uh, I do think that there are probably some things, there's some things that I can uh, take issue with, but on the whole, this was one of my favorite episodes of the series. Uh, and it was for, maybe it is because, like David was saying, in season seven, things were so rushed. Sure. So it was maybe a nice change of pace to slow things down uh, and give things some weight. Uh, I do take a little issue with the, um, the the fan service comments, which to me only exist because of the internet. Uh, like, if, if we weren't in this age, would we, like, what would we say? Um uh, so I feel like when people say that things are being fan servicey, it's kind of taking some things away from the people that are actually doing the creating, um, uh, and rather than just looking at it as uh, something that happens to be the case. Uh, so I want to give them benefits of the uh, the doubt because um, I do like a lot of what's going on. Um, uh, so yeah, episode two, a Knight of Seven Kingdoms. Uh, what were some of the your favorite moments? Like Marcel, you mentioned the the milk. Yes. Uh, was that supposed to be giant smoke? Was that the, the I, I, gist there? I think it was, uh, or I don't know. I don't know exactly what it was, but I assume that it was milk. It was milk of some kind. Mo- yeah. yeah, of some some sort. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, uh, I I I really have more so like 
a couple like the, so the fact that that ghost was in the episode for like two <laughs> seconds yeah it bothered me a bit yeah i feel like like they have money right I don't know. They had a budget of uh, a record, if I read correctly, uh, if I read correctly, if I remember correctly, Mm -hmm. um, I think I read correctly, uh, $15 million per episode. Yeah. uh, Which is insane, but dragons are looking pretty good. Yeah. They had to build an insane number of sets. They had to expand Winterfell, if you watch the uh, Behind the Thrones or whatever it's called, after shows. Yeah. Um, They basically built Winterfell. Yeah. And a lot of detail. And I was assuming, and this thought came to my mind a couple of days ago, but I was wondering if they, they sacrificed some of the direwolf budget uh, to to contribute to Arya's body double in that section. <laughs> so uh, uh, that's, that, I guess, I guess it's, you know, forgivable if that. They spare case. no expense on that. But I will say. Um, a CGI Arya. Lindsay <laughs> Williams is, uh, is playing coy because somebody tweeted uh, a, to her about uh you know about her uh side boob mm-hmm. and uh she responded to it um in a way that i would say was suggesting that that was all her uh it well it's just her uh i mean it, it was just, she just responded with a bunch of crying emojis but um, <laughs> Aww. but another moment uh, I, I guess the the opening scene uh with jamie pretty much on trial mm-hmm. in front of uh, Daenerys, John, uh, and Sansa and, and pretty much everybody up in Winterfell. Yeah. Um that was a that was a heck of a scene to open with. I, I think mm-hmm. it was it's interesting to see like like Jamie's moment to be on trial because we saw we've seen Cersei on trial before and we mm-hmm. saw, you know, Tyrion. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, it's it's kinda cool to kind of to see his turn. Yeah. And um and that could have gone very, very differently. Yeah. Uh and and seeing the dynamic between Brienne and, and Jamie kind of play out a little bit and then um in turn seeing the, the dynamic between Sansa and Brienne and mm-hmm. just like how all of the relationships and the different uh events that have led to this moment have kind of culminated into like, all right, I trust this person, so like I can vouch for this person and and so on. So it was it was just really cool to cut to open up with with this meeting of all these characters that haven't seen each other in very long, well, if at all, if yeah. you know, uh, a lot of them haven't seen each other since like the first season, if if anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved uh, the. I loved the Arya. I mean, not the Arya. The uh, Sansa Daenerys scene. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Particularly. Uh, the part where Sansa is like just talks about like we're not giving the North back. Yeah. Um, man. Uh, yeah, that was just uh, that was just like some great tension. And mm-hmm. um, again, there is, I mean, there is just so much show. Yeah. To be had. Um, and then, I mean, as I said, like uh, you know, I love like you know. Bros hanging out, always fun. But when a group of bros is like, oh, man, anybody know a song? Um, <laughs> just love it, love it, love it. Um, uh, that song, yeah. uh, Jenny of Old Stones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, one quick, uh, if I read correctly, uh, that is a song that the people in the world of Game of Thrones and um, outside of the world of Game of Thrones in the real world uh, believe was written by one Rhaegar Targaryen. Um, yeah. So there's mm-hmm. there's that quick uh, quick little tidbit. Um, 
It's a catchy song. Well, that, that's the uh, that's the rumor. Yeah. The, well, the, or that, that's the internet rumor. Yeah. I don't know if um, the uh, I don't know if the um, <clears throat> if there's any evidence of people in the Game of Thrones world believing that. Maybe but, I didn't uh, read correctly. <laughs> what's that? Maybe I didn't read correctly. It, well, in the Vanity Fair article uh, that came out the day after the episode aired, mm-hmm. uh, the author, whose name is Joanna Robinson, uh, shout out Joanna Robinson, writes, uh, even more intriguingly, some book readers believe that Jenny's song was actually written by Prince Rhaegar himself. He sang a song at a feast at the tourney of Harrenhal that made Jon Snow's mother, Lyanna Stark, weep. This seems to have been the origin of their love affair, and many think it was Jenny's song that got Lyanna. Rhaegar's facility for song also gets a mention in this episode when Danny is thinking back on him. And of course, she says, everyone told me he was decent and kind and liked to sing. Mm. Jenny's song may have even moved young Cersei to tears. She recalls, in A Feast for Crows, by night, the prince, prince being Rhaegar Targaryen, played his silver harp and made her weep when she had been presented to him. Cersei had almost drowned in the depths of his sad purple eyes. Um, wow. So, yeah. Beautiful. So it was basically the, the old town road of, uh, of, of, <laughs> it truly was. And I mean, the lyrics of the song are, uh, in reference to an, an old Targaryen massacre. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Or a huge fire that killed a bunch of Targaryens. Um, and so there, there's a lot to be read into the song. Uh, one of the interesting things about the uh, song is, but let me just find this. Um, is that the uh, the song is about uh, it, that the character Jenny had a doomed love affair with Prince Duncan Targaryen, who abdicated his throne in order to marry her. Uh, because of this, his nephew, the Mad King Eris, eventually wound up on the throne. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of weird things you can read into that. But one of the one of the things that I think is the most present of in that history of the song is that uh, we have a character who abdicates his throne uh, for love, and now we have this character, Jon Snow, who is the rightful heir to the Iron Throne, uh, who is in love with somebody else who is competing for the Iron Throne, and it really makes you wonder: Will uh, Will Jon Snow just keep his Targaryen lineage under the rug? Right, because he doesn't want the Iron Throne. Like he yeah. he has no interest in the Iron Throne at all, no. and it's pretty apparent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, this dude, if he could retire, uh, if he could retire to an island after this is all over, he would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's um, but, pretty good. Uh, I was going to say, but it also makes you wonder, um, now that he has, you know, confessed this to Daenerys, uh, let's say he does get out of her way. Yeah. Is Daenerys going to be comfortable knowing that there's somebody walking the earth? No. Who is uh, an heir to the throne, or who has a rightful claim to the throne? No, no. There is uh, so much tension uh, with just that plot point going into this massive battle 
uh, the Battle of Winterfell, uh, that it was brought up on the podcast last week. Like, we can kind of see a moment where Danny has the uh, ability to save John in a particular moment and maybe makes the choice not to do it. To kind of turn a blind eye to some uh, moment that he's probably that he would could probably get out of, or does get out of, uh, but maybe notices her just be like, fly off on Drogon, or you know, act like she's not looking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, put her fingers in her ears. Um, so yeah, I can I can see her not uh, taking too kindly to this, regardless of how how things um, play out. Yeah, you would think that yeah. she would like not be as obsessive about the the iron throne and about you know being the queen when everybody's literally probably about to die mm-hmm. um she seems almost a, just as obsessed as uh, cersei is mm-hmm. and meanwhile you know john is like all right guys let's let's focus on what matters here because you know the iron throne isn't going to matter if all of us are dead yeah but you know she she seems a little even in her conversations with with sansa that that was that was very telling uh, where she kind of like removed her hand mm-hmm. from from Sansa's, and she yep. was just like, oh, I, "I don't know if I can give up, you know, some of that power." I, I, I'll, if Winterfell is free, like I, I want everything. So mm-hmm. we're not, we're not going to have it like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, David. No, no. That was I was just saying. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, you had mentioned Ghost. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, another person that's been brought like these are these are people and this is maybe getting into some of this uh, live die stuff because most of the show is up at Winterfell at the moment um, but Ghost I feel like they're bringing back so that we get that last glimpse and he he maybe does something but dies in the process in this battle yeah that would be sad yeah I but... feel the same kind of way about uh, Bronzion Royce. Uh, from the Vale, that big guy. Oh yeah, um, he's, had, oh, he's yeah. had a little bit of screen time, and yeah. I think it's just to remind people who he is. Yeah, uh, and that he exists. So when he dies, we give a shit. Um, yeah, which I would. He's been he's been good throughout the uh, throughout the series. Yeah, he's valuable. Yeah, yeah. Um, valuable. Um, I sh- you should nah. say, <laughs> <laughs> David. <laughs> Um, I uh, I have a sneaking suspicion if we're getting into the next section of talking about who's gonna who's gonna pass yeah, on sure. in this next episode. Yeah, is that where we're at right yeah. now, or are we yeah. still recap? Um, I was just having a thought that maybe you know this might. I think it's actually going to be fewer deaths in episode three, and then a lot of deaths in episode four. Hmm. Explain. And I, may, I might be very wrong about that. Uh, I'd like you to explain, but uh, I also want you to know, as I ask this question, as you answer, I kind of agree. Okay. Hmm. Um, I, I just think that, um, that again, they're going to, um, that we know that it's, um, what's his face, um, you know, Michaels or whatever. Sapochnik. Who is directing the next two episodes? So it's probably going to be two extensive battle episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and with it being two battle episodes, I think that probably there are going to be a lot of climactic moments that happen in the next episode or in in uh, in episode four. Yeah. Um, you know, episode three will probably set up kind of like a darkest hour 
climax and then episode four i would imagine will set up a will will set up the resolution of the battle whatever that is um so i think yeah we're gonna lose some people in episode three yeah but uh i would imagine it's going to be a 70 30 split between uh 30 percent of the the battle deaths are going to be in episode three and then 70 in episode four yeah um uh, one quick clarification i think that it's episodes three and five that are the the big battle scenes with Miguel Zapachnik yeah. directing. I think your point still stands um, uh, in terms of the the battle deaths, though. Um, there's a lot of people left. We can't kill off everybody in this battle. Yeah. There still has to be some uh, big muscle going into this battle at King's Landing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, and there still has to be, just from a storytelling standpoint, um, people that we care about dying right um we're not going to see a whole bunch of promotions uh in episode four uh leading into this into this battle um but yeah i I do uh david i I agree i think that we're going to see less than we think i think it's going to be a bloodbath by any standard uh, Mm -hmm. but i don't think it's going to be where we're just um in the double digits in terms of major characters or anything like that yeah um so i had mentioned um, Bronzian Royce. Yes. Alive or dead at the end of this battle? I say he's going to be dead. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go rogue here and say he's alive just because it, it fits with my theory that, um, that all the great houses of Westeros that started in the show were going to be, uh, gone by the end of the series. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say he lives because I feel like he's one of those people that would be super handy with the veil uh, coming to uh, King's Landing. Uh, anybody that might left be left there and that survives the battle at Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, the singer himself, Podrick, Podrick mm-hmm. Payne. I think Dead. I think he's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there anything that's happened in the last couple of episodes that leads you to believe that? Because he sang a song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a sweet, sweet song, and yeah. he's going to die. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that was, that was his, his, uh, his goodbye. Yeah. Well, uh, Pippin didn't die uh, from Lord of the Rings uh, when he had a... Nobody died moment. in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, this that's, is Game of Thrones, uh, Mike. Excuse me. Gandalf <laughs> died. Hello. What? Uh, Gandalf died, and then he was brought back. Listen to yourself. <laughs> What's wrong with you, man? Um, just making a point. Uh, Beric, Sir Beric Dondarrion. Dead. He's going to die. Yeah. Uh, I believe he is also dead, but the manner in which he goes, I feel like, is going to be him giving his life for someone, literally. Yeah. Uh, like a red red god sort of moment. Um, mm-hmm. he's been brought back six times. Yeah, six. Uh, he's got one, he's got one more left in him. So it could very well just be a, you know, he's dead, dead. And yeah. Thoris isn't there to resurrect him this right. time. And I think he's prepared himself to, yeah, oh, for sure. Know. Yeah. Cause they, they, he said too, each time he comes back, he comes back a little, a little less. So mm-hmm. Beric, um, uh, we will eulogize you. We're going to have to have a separate episode uh, just for the eulogies. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, that used to be a thing that y'all did. Yeah, we would we would do a little little speech for whoever the, whoever's died. But yeah, it, like I said, it would have to be its own episode at this point. Uh, what about Ed? Night's Watch. Dead. Oh man, I, I feel like I feel like Ed is gonna like 
be turned. I feel yeah. like we're gonna. He's one of the characters where we're gonna see him die and we're gonna see him come back. Yeah, as a as a as a white walker or white whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he's. I think he's dead. Uh, but my wish is that he lives and he becomes the next Lord Commander of the new era, whatever that is. Um, should there be one, uh, if there is an afterwards. Uh, Ghost, we think Ghost is dead. I say no. Wow. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's my first my my first person that I think is actually going to live, or not the <laughs> person, fear, the character. I fear that Ghost will die so that the dragon may live. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, what about Gilly? Gilly lives. Gilly slash Little Sam. Yeah, I, both I, live. <laughs> Gilly lives. Sam dies. Yeah, yeah. Little Sam gets turned <laughs> <laughs> like he was supposed to initially. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that would be something. Yeah, it's his fate. Uh, Varys. Varys, I, I think he lives. I think Varys I, lives. Yeah, I think now. Varys lives to pull one last trick. Yeah, yeah I think so too. I think yeah. that uh, if he dies, it'll be in King's Landing. Sure, agree. Uh, Lyanna, Mormont. Oh, I, I, she I had her opportunity to go down into the crypts, which, of course, many people are saying are not as safe yeah. as the people of Winterfell seem to think that they are. Right. Um, and she said, "No, I won't do it. I want to stay in Foyt." Yeah. Yeah. Little bear. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel I. I don't want to say that she's gonna die, but she's she's she gonna die. She gonna die. David. I, I think Leanna Mormont lives because uh, I think that she's gonna. I, I just I, I see her winding up in some weird marriage where she's either like she's married to somebody who's Sweet like Robin. either yeah, another Sweet seven Robin. year old <laughs> or she like yeah. gets married to like another like some like thirty year old nah, to like shore up a, a kingdom. No, um, we haven't seen Sweet Robin at yeah. all this season. No, not yet. Is he just holding no. down the veil? Yeah, he's holed up in the veil, I think. Um, listen, Sweet Robin is getting, he is rising on the power ranking so goddamn yeah. hard yeah. Uh, to, fin- to, to finish on the throne. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's definitely in pole position to marry Sansa if she lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Grey Worm. Dead. Dead. Yeah. What, has there been anything that's happened that leads you to believe this? He got his final yeah. kiss from his girl, yeah, and it's over. And he told her, he told her, the second this fight's over, I'm skipping town. Yeah, <laughs> and yes. we're gonna go somewhere like where they they actually like black people, and yeah, uh, and it's it's not gonna happen. Poor guy. Nope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're gonna do some podcasts. <laughs> uh, Samuel Samuel Tarley. Sam is gonna live. Sam lives. Yeah, I think he lives. Uh, he's another one that my wish for him is that he, uh, almost as uh, Danny had said, becomes you know more higher up in the at the Citadel mm-hmm. uh, if it's still standing. Uh, Miss yeah. Sandy, I think she. I think she lives. Yeah, I think she lives. Yeah. Same. I think she gets to go to the to the paradise with black people, <laughs> but Grey Worm doesn't. Jenny. Yeah, if if Miss Sandy dies, here's how it's going to happen. Uh, She's going to be riding one of Daenerys's dragons, uh, and uh, and she's going to like fall off somehow, or it's she's going to have she's going to be like 
tasked with bringing one of the dragons to John and like in the process get killed. <laughs> it's going to be sad. It's, it's taking off and she grabs onto a leg uh, yeah. and then just can't hold on any longer. Uh, Gendry. This is a tough one. That is a very tough one. I think he lives. For some reason, I think he lives. I think he lives. He is the last surviving Baratheon, yeah? Yeah. Well, he's a bastard, but yeah, technically, I think he's the last surviving Baratheon. Yeah. So he technically has has a claim to the throne as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And this would go along with your thinking, David, that the the great houses will be wiped out, right? Yeah. Uh, So I'm going to go... He lives. Mm. He lives. Uh, Theon. Theon Greyjoy. Reek. Uh, as redeemable and, and as he, his character has been, he's done some good things. But ever since like the things he did uh, a couple seasons ago, I've been just waiting for the moment for him to go. He, it, it's, he'll do something very heroic and mm-hmm. he'll save somebody's life. Yeah. But uh, he's not going to live. He's not yeah. going to live. That's something that I think yeah. we're going to see a lot of throughout this episode is people dying to save other people. Yeah. I mean, that's what the battle is in general, I guess. Yeah. Um, but specifically, like, Theon dying to save Sansa. Yeah. Uh, I can see being being the case. Um, David? Yeah, I think Theon's a goner. Yeah. Uh, Yara is up there at the Iron Islands. Yeah. He doesn't want and has said that he's not interested in ruling... Uh, so what exactly is his his place? Right. Um, yeah. Other than to die in this battle, saving Sansa. Uh, Rhaegal. The dragon? Yeah. Hmm. Lives. Yeah, yeah. I think the dragons live for this one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go live. Uh, Sir Brienne of Tarth. She lives. She lives. I, I I think Brienne lives. I hope dies. Yeah, I'm with you, David. Sorry, uh, I'm with you 100. percent Love the character. Uh, love the rise, uh, the arc uh, of this character, and just the general portrayal of the character by yeah. Gwendolyn Christie. I yeah, think it's been fantastic. Uh, and Tremendous. loved this moment uh, of her getting knighted. Yeah. Um, but. I think it was all so that her character reaches its peak and gets cut down. Yeah. Again, in the service of possibly saving Arya or possibly saving Sansa, saving a Stark girl, I think is how she's going to die. Yeah. That's just or saving Jamie. I, I would not want that out. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think that is definitely a possibility. I, I, if I was choosing between the two, I would say she's going to die saving a Stark, but I think it's equally possible that she could die saving saving Jamie for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Hound. The hound lives. 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 The hound lives. He has unfinished business. Yes, I think that he he does he does live because I do think that we're going to have that meeting uh, with him and his brother, um, the mountain. Uh, this one, I think I know where, and I think I know the answers. Uh, Sir Jorah Mormont. Yeah, he's gone. He's <laughs> I didn't gone. even finish. Yeah, he's a goner. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite characters, and I said this on the last podcast because Whitney had asked. Um, Whitney, made famous by a review, um, wa- had asked, like, what was our, um, who would be our saddest death? Mm. And I had answered 
I don't even remember what I answered now because it was just a cover for Jura. Um, Jura, I think, would be my saddest death. Um, yeah. yeah, Jura and Davos are running neck and neck. Oh, Davos um, is, is cool. Uh, Davos is gonna hurt my heart. Yeah, yeah. But Jorah, that that actually surprises me, Mike. I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> that that you would be touched by him dying. Like uh, I feel like ever since, like probably like season three or four, like you knew what was gonna happen. I, he, but he's still there. He's still yeah. he keeps coming back. Yeah, uh, he keeps ticking. Um, but I feel like they gave him the, uh, Sam gave him Heartsbane, and that is just so that he can die with a bigger chance of saving Danny. He's yeah. going to die saving Danny in some way. I don't yeah. know how it's going to happen, but I'm almost positive that's how he goes. Yeah. If he lives, I'd be stunned and I'm going to be super happy about it, but I think he's dead. Nah, Captain Friendzone is going to oh, die. Jura. He's going to, he's going to die. Yeah, I, I fear he's going to die. I do think that there's like an interesting, um, there's an interesting little synergy going on where you have, uh, you know, Jon Snow carrying the Mormont family yeah. sword. You now yeah. have Jorah Mormont carrying the, uh, you know, the Tarly family sword. Yeah. Um, is Brienne still carrying the Lannister um, Oathkeeper family yeah. sword? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so it's just, uh, you know, you've got you've got an interesting thing going on with all these different knights uh carrying other houses swords yeah it's the uh, um well, I, it's not quite the same thing uh i was gonna say it's like the sisterhood of the traveling village the traveling <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but it's all different swords um yeah we gotta we just got a few more uh tourman giants bane he's gonna die oh he's gonna yeah. die. I, I love to I, I he's one of my favorite characters easily but um, I think he had his moments. I, I think it was very intentional for him to have his very lovable moments this yeah. last episode, uh, just so we can see him die. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what, what really firmed it up for me was I was reading an article where they mentioned that the whole, uh, Tormund reacting to Brienne thing at first was, um, just a little bit of improvisation on the actor's part. Mm. Uh, and then it was so fun that they kind of wrote in Tormund being interested in Brienne, but it's not, it wasn't something that they approached from a, like, this is something we have to get into the script thing. Yeah, no, uh... So that makes me really think, uh, you know, Tormund, uh, Tormund does his thing. But since we've hedged every single one, I think the case for Tormund delivering is, uh, is, you know, the wildlings are going to need a place to live when this exactly. is all done and they need that a place, uh, you know, and they're, they're going to be represented in the new Westeros. Yeah. And Tormund might be the guy for that. David, your, uh, your hedging stole my full on, uh, support of Tormund living. Uh, mm. and that's the exact reason for it. Um, partially because, yeah, I'm assuming that the North or the living are going to win this war. Um, and that's exactly why I think that, uh, he is the de facto, leader of the wildlings uh and we haven't really gotten to know any of the others uh, yeah. at this point so to kill him off more or less just writes off the wildlings at this point unless in the very early stages of next episode we get to know one and if we do we know what's going to happen yeah yeah um okay uh sansa sansa lives, lives. yeah sansa lives uh, do not see her dying at all um, throughout this entire series. Uh, Arya. 
I think Arya lives. I have seen some theories uh, that said differently, but I think Arya lives for sure. I do too. I think Arya lives as well. Yeah, I think Arya lives. Uh, as long as Cersei lives, Arya lives. That's yeah. that's my thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie. Jamie lives. Yeah, this episode he lives. He he. It's not his time yet. I think he, episode five is when. It's not your when, time <laughs> yet. Yeah. yeah, he he goes in episode five. I, I think. Yeah, uh, I can get behind that. Uh, Drogon. I I I think I think Drogon stays alive. Yeah, you know. I think Drogon stays alive, but I think Drogon. I think Drogon dies. In episode. Four. Do you? Think- I think Drogon dies fighting uh, Iserion. Yeah, Iserion. Yeah. Uh, do you think that by the end of this series, we're back to square one as far as dragons go? That we have none. I think. I think there's one dragon. I think one dragon as well. And it's Rhaegal. I think it's going to be Rhaegal. I think there's one dragon. I think it's Rhaegal, and I think that uh, it is. Uh, it is protecting uh, Jon Snow and Daenerys' child. Okay. And is it is Sorry. it possible for dragons to like these these dragons to like have eggs like hatch? Does it, does life find a way? <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, life finds a way. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there, there's been jokes made on the, the the podcast here that one of the many endings that the series is going to have as they're do, doing their ending tour, uh, checking in on a bunch of different things, is a slow pan over to a bunch of dragon eggs yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, yeah. I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, be I hope that they're a little whack. better about it than that. Yeah. Um, where it's like the end of Critters or something like that. Uh, yeah. What about Danny? Danny lives. lives for now. Danny lives for now. Okay. That's yeah. 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 I think so too. Uh, Tyrion. Tyrion also lives for now. Tyrion lives. He has to make it down to King's Landing. Yeah. For his his arc to kind of like you know end on a on a on a note that's satisfying at least. Yeah, I think the major Lannisters are going to die in King's Landing. Yep. Uh, yep. Possibly in the same episode. Yeah. Uh, if they're yeah. all going to die, uh, John Snow. John Snow stays alive. I believe so. For now, yeah, I think he lives. Yeah, uh, I don't think that I forgot anybody. Uh, that is the major characters that are up in up up there. I mean, they may <sighs> in the beginning of next episode. Uh, you left one out. Who? A young man named Bram. Oh yeah, Bram. Yeah. Um, well, alive or dead, David? Dead. Ooh, interesting. That's the that's the that's the hard drive of uh, Westeros, the new yep. world, even or actually beyond the world. Yeah. Um, and you think he's dead? How do you see it happening? Um, I, I think that, uh, I think that. Bran's connection to the Night King is uh, is a little bit of a Harry Potter Voldemort thing. Yeah. yeah. Where I don't think uh, I, I just don't think that the two of them can coexist. Yeah. Um, and and, I, and I, so I think that um, the price of 
the price of dealing with the Night King is losing the history of the, the memory of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what if when he's about to die, he like wargs into a, a pig or something? <laughs> and then the pig has to try to convince everybody that he's Bran. I'd watch that. So this is like, this was, is near almost Charlotte's Web now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a spinoff. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, any other thoughts on just live dies? Um, I, I feel like even though we, we, we all just said pretty much that no character, no, I mean, the main care, main characters, but not major characters die. Yeah. So I yeah. think that we were way too conservative in our picks. Sure. And I think that, yeah. Yeah. uh, that just saying it all out loud, I'm, I'm wondering. Yeah. I think I think we I think we've got to see John, Danny, Sansa, or Tyrion die in the next two episodes. Mm. Mm. I I don't know. I feel like maybe in the last two. I think definitely in the last two, but I don't know about the next mm-hmm. two. Yeah. Uh I have a, a couple follow-up questions. Mm-hmm. Uh there's been some talk, some chatter about mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the last episode, we didn't see the flapping of wings. We yeah. saw horse feet. Right. So do you think the Night King is there or do you think he's going to show up later? Or do you think he's like, fuck this, you all handle it. I'm going to King's Landing. I like that. I like the latter. I, I, I once I saw the theory uh, online, or I, I heard the theory, I kind of uh, attached to it, and I, I think that uh, he's a very calculated, mm-hmm. calculated cat, and I, I think that he probably, you know, he he knows what he's doing. He, mm-hmm. He's he was very tactful in the way that he uh, he got himself a dragon mm-hmm. and I think that he's he's very very much like all right why not just go you know go down to King's Land and get me an even bigger army and you know meanwhile all my all my little homies are gonna go to Winterfell and take mm-hmm. care of that little business yeah his so that would be plus yeah if that happens to me what that means is I mean I don't even know how that information would be communicated to who but uh to uh, to to the the uh the army at winterfell but that to me means one of two things happens the first thing that could possibly happen is kyburn uh and the mountain using concoctions somehow defeat the night king <laughs> um and Cersei has a a pet dragon suddenly and an army of the dead that she controls Mm. in some way. Um, Or it means that maybe John and Danny see the Night King making a beeline for King's Landing. They take off in their dragons. High speed chase. And then we have, uh, yeah, we have a, we have like a fight. We have the, you know, the battle going on at Winterfell, but then we also have kind of like a, an aerial battle slash mano imano fight yeah. between Jon Snow and the Night King uh, going on in King's Landing. Cause they're like, if the Night King is just in King's Landing with a dragon, yeah, he could raise, you know, a million people easily. Yeah. And also yeah. it would, it would 
It would actually give uh, John and Danny and everybody in Winterfell a not an advantage. Well, actually, a huge advantage um, if if there's not a, a dead dragon to go against. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe not. Maybe not because like if 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 indeed you know Dragonfire can like destroy all all the Whites and White Walkers, then that would be kind of easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little too easy. Yeah. Uh, do you think we're going to see anybody during this war? This is another follow-up question. Do you think we're going to see anybody during this war come to the aid of uh, the living that isn't already there? Um, I've already mm-hmm. mentioned one on the podcast that I think is going to happen. That's Melisandre. Um, but there are others out there. Uh, do you think anybody's going to show up that in a um, another Lord of the Rings type moment where someone comes to the aid that we maybe weren't expecting. Howlin' Reed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Howlin' Reed is coming to the rescue. Howlin' Reed comes with the signed marriage certificate between yeah. Rihanna and Rhaegar. Yeah. And yeah. some Polaroid pictures <laughs> from the wedding. Yeah, yeah, some Polaroids of the wedding uh, and, uh, yeah, and a magic, uh, and a big magic cannon. <laughs> <laughs> No, I you know I don't think so. I mean, um, so what we what we see is what we get is what you're saying. <sighs> Ooh, no, I mean except for Melisandre, I just can't think of anybody. Else. Well, what about uh, Nymeria? Nymeria and and, and the Wolfpack. Nymeria and the this is why I bring it up because we got Nymeria and the Wolfpack. We got Melisandre and a potential um, band of red priests slash priestesses that right. she may mm-hmm. or may not be going around to pick up. Uh, we have. What could be other children of the forest? Uh, mm-hmm. We saw some die. Were they the only ones? I don't know. Um, uh, any other giants that might be out there? Uh, we think that maybe one one was the last of the living giants, right. but are we sure? Um, yeah, and then also other northerners that are making their way down, like Howland, uh, Howland Reed, the Reed family. Um, and anybody else. Uh, although, of course, they also may just make a passing reference in the opening scene uh, that says, like, oh, I can see Howland Reed from hit from the yeah. passing. You know? <laughs> uh, he's, he's leading the charge, a dead Howland Reed. Yeah. Um, well, there goes that hope. Right. Um, okay. All right, then. Uh, any other thoughts on the episode before we uh, start wrapping it up? Yes. Yeah, so speaking of Howland Reed, like I, I, I found it kind of interesting how easily, well, first and foremost from episode one, how easily uh, John kind of just like believed the the, mm-hmm. the entire like his his lineage story, and then like in episode two, how Danny like she asked a couple questions, yeah. but like she pretty much bought it. And it was just like, like, why? Like, how, how do you know? And he was like, uh, well, well, Sam read it in a book. Yeah. And, and my brother, Brian, he, he saw it oh, in a vision. your brother and your, <laughs> your best, best friend? friend? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Shades of, uh, shades of in season, the end of season seven, when, uh, Danny is talking about how she can't have children. John says, how do you, how do you know that? And she's like, who to, or he says, who told you that? And she says, the witch who killed my husband. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe not the best source. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, we got a couple quick things to do. Uh, David, mm-hmm. I believe you've rounded up some sweet tweets. I Indeed, I... Brr, 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 sweet tweets? <laughs> I do have some sweet tweets. These are, again, uh, if you want to get in the sweet tweets, you really got to tweet text because 
tweeting gifs, tweeting uh, pictures of um, what's in my face, uh, you know, uh, tweeting videos. All good fun, great mm-hmm. stuff, good content. Can't read it in a podcast. Yeah. Um, so our first, uh, our first sweet tweet is, uh, from, uh, from a celebrated Philadelphia author, Matt Johnson, who writes, uh, yo, that thick drawn still here, Philly torment, um, <laughs> which I just enjoyed. Uh, it's not for everybody. Um, then, uh, <clears throat> our, uh, our second, uh, sweet tweet of the night. And I think this is really the, um, this is close. This is a very close second to the sweetest tweet uh, comes from Katie Nolan, who writes the least realistic thing about game of Thrones is how productive the meetings are. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I just, uh, I loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a tweet. Uh, oh no. One of my tweets was deleted. Ooh. Um, I guess I, I have no idea what it was, uh, but the tweet of the week is from, uh, not very smart brother, aka at his name's Tawanda, uh, who writes, <laughs> Tormund clapping while Brienne got knighted reminded me of that time a dude took a girl I liked to Vegas, and all I could do was like her Instagram pictures. <laughs> <laughs> we feel for you, Tawanda. Uh, um, and that was the sweetest tweet. <laughs> Uh, I have one I want to I want to add. This is not a, a, a sweet tweet. That's your thing, David. Mm-hmm. But one I saw today, which I particularly enjoyed, and this may be mm-hmm. only funny to Philly area people, uh, and that is from at Patrick Doyle. Uh, if we win the Battle of Winterfell, we at Frankfurt and Cotman with it. Uh, <laughs> which uh, for anybody outside of the Philly area, uh, Frankfurt and Cotman is in Northeast Philadelphia, and that's where everybody congregates. After any sort of major, not even that major of a sports victory, uh, you know, Eagles winning the Super Bowl, Phillies winning World Series, that's where people go. So we win the Battle of Winterfell. Um, that's where people are uh, are headed. Um, yeah. There will be fires lit. Yeah. And poles greased. Yeah. And, and cars yeah. turned over. Um, okay. And David, if you could, uh, how are we doing with our locks this season? Uh, that's an excellent question, Mike, and thank you for asking. Uh, our locks are uh, eerily intact. Um, I don't think that any have been disproven, nor do I think any have been uh, confirmed. Uh, we got very close to Whitney's Podrick and Brienne talk about sex, but we did <laughs> not. Uh, we did not get there. Do 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 do. Don't think we got the grossest thing happens in Game of Thrones history. Yeah. Uh, I, think we'll, I think we'll get it though. I think that one is. I think that one's pretty. That's that to me is a sure thing. Yeah, I think uh, that. Oh, here's the one that was disproven. I still can't believe this one got made. Uh, <laughs> Caitlin's Jon Snow dies in the cold open of the first episode. <laughs> uh, is no longer. Uh, on the um, no longer on the runs. Uh, Frank has Gendry and Arya get married, uh, and uh, oh, they must have gotten married because they had sex. Right? Yeah, you yeah. can't have yeah, sex yeah. if you're not married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's another secret um, wedding, which we're going to find out about in the sequel. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, that is uh, that is it. Okay. Ooh, ooh, yeah. ooh! What if 
Gendry gets Arya pregnant from the one time that they had Ooh. sex. Because remember that earlier, I think it, it must have been in, in like season one when uh, Ned and Robert Baratheon were talking about you know their mm-hmm. their, their houses joining. Yeah, and uh, you know the assumption was that Joffrey and Sansa. I've got a daughter. Yeah. yeah, I've got a son. You've got a daughter. Come yeah. on, let's yeah. just make this happen. Uh, and they, yeah, Baratheon and Stark. I could see that. I can see that happening. I know, David, you want all of the main houses wiped off the face of the earth. Uh, I don't want that. <laughs> I know you will not shut up about it, but I think that uh, I could I could see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. But is there anything you want to add about the upcoming battle? Uh, I, I think it's going to be crazy, and I, th- I think it's going to be sad. And uh, this the episode is supposed to be pretty long, isn't it? It's like a uh, eighty-two nine. minutes. Okay, yeah. So, crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll be on the. Uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, go go ahead. You're good. I was just going to say, uh, I am uh, I am seeing Avengers Endgame that morning yeah. with my mother. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I'll be uh, watching the episode that night, and I just I can't think of. Uh, a more content-filled day yeah. than this coming Sunday for me, at least. I mean, yeah. a lot of you will be seeing Avengers before that. I'm seeing but, it Sunday uh, just, early as well. Mm. That is a um, very, very uh, I, like I would do that, but that is a that is an emotional day yeah. uh, for things like in as far as pop culture goes. That is a very emotional day uh, to yeah. do those two things at once. I feel, but I, yeah. I commend you for it. Okay. Thank you. Uh, David, do you have anything you would like to plug? I do not. Okay. Yeah, that was quick. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, oh, wait. Yo, I'm sorry. I do have something to plug. Twitter or anything? Uh, I, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Follow me on Twitter at David LaSol. Um, also, uh, I will be in Philadelphia this weekend. Ooh. Uh, you can see me at uh, 8 p.m. at the Philly Improv Theater performing with Night Shift Comedy. Mm-hmm. You can see me at 11 p.m. Uh, performing with uh, legendary Philly House team, The Future, um, in what might be one of our last shows ever because yet another <laughs> member of the team is uh, flying the Philly coop. Yeah, I um, laugh because we've had several last shows. Uh, yeah. But every one of them is true, in a way. Um, yes. Uh, but go yeah, uh, go see uh, The Future. Uh, go see and uh, if you live in L.A., uh, Come, come to uh, I'm Susan at the Clubhouse every first and third Wednesday at 10 p.m. Uh, fun indie show, free beer, uh, free water. Ooh, water. Yeah. <laughs> uh, free water and bread. Um, uh, or what is it? It's salt and bread for guest rights, right? Um, yeah. Which I should have offered you first, plugs, Marsley. Um, I've already broken guest rights. Don't slit my throat. Um, Not tonight. What, uh, what do you have coming up? Uh, so I will also be, uh, in Night Shift Show, which is, uh, uh, Night Shift spelled N-Y-T-E-S-H-I-F-T. Uh, and you can look up Night Shift Comedy on Instagram and, uh, Twitter and Facebook, uh, just at Night Shift Comedy. And, um, you can find me as well on social media. I'm not as active as I probably should be, but, um, at M Genius, which is M J E A N I O U S. Uh, also, I'm with an N Crowd. Uh, I'm not sure when my next show is, but, cause we have a rotating cast, but, uh, it's, uh, the show is every Friday night at seven, uh, at Philly Improv Theater. 
So cool. check it out. Uh, this is Mike. You can follow me on all the things at Mike Marbach. Uh, and as David said, he is in town, which means that he will be here for our 100th episode on Sunday, which is the Battle of Winterfell, which, holy shit, that's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also means that that's going to be a really, really late night for me uh, because we try to get these podcasts up ASAP. Uh, so look for that on the wee hours of Monday, Monday morning. Uh, I'm going to be doing the Seltzer Hour. Monday nights at 9 p.m. through May. Uh, and I would also plug uh, the Killing Eve podcast that we do called Eavesdropping. If you watch Killing Eve, uh, it's a really fun podcast. If you don't watch Killing Eve, do, because it is a fantastic show. Uh, and if you go to watercooler.com, you can stream this podcast and others, as well as check out the new people page that we have, so you can put some uh, faces to the names and also read up on the different things that we've we've plugged. Uh, so check that out. Uh, thank you, David, via satellite. Uh, and thank you, Marcelie, right next to me. Uh, thank you all for listening. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye.